Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, it was Monday, so we reflected on the Premier League weekend with Danny Kelly, didn't we? Yeah, lots of games to talk about. Um, main game, not that exciting, but I think we, we covered some interesting Yeah, ground. we did. We covered some ground. We were also joined by Matty Edgel. Matty was the winner of... Great British Bake Off 2023. He's also a massive West Ham fan. Andy, we know you you love the show, don't you? Yeah, we had a good chat and Matty brought us in something to eat, which yeah. was very nice of him. A couple of his signature bakes. So that and us having a chat, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And uh, it was very unusual on Saturday night because mm. uh, almost... in. The- I'd say every week I watch Match of the Day. Yeah. With my book, make my notes for the chat with Danny and everything. Yeah. But we were out. When we got back, basically it was it was we had the strictly final to watch and we didn't want to <laughs> not we didn't want to watch it the next day because you, you Spoiler. Know, spoiler, everyone's oh, yeah. gonna know it's in the papers, it's all over the news, you you can't avoid it. So I, I did a sort of match of the day trade-off with the wife. I said, oh, look, I'll, I'll watch all that tomorrow. I'll go to Brentford. I'll come back and watch the Liverpool game. Then I'll watch match of the day. Right, OK. So she's quite happy about it. And then she was gutted. Oh, yeah. Bobby Brazier didn't win. Oh, right. So I said to her, you, I know... <laughs> So do you now know how I feel when Chelsea lose? Really? She wasn't as extreme as you. <laughs> I told her to go and sit in the other room she, for two hours going swearing and going, Bobby was robbed. She wasn't <laughs> slagging off all the other dancers <laughs> saying, I hope they never dance again. Yeah. Like you would be incredibly bitter. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was good though. It was a very good series. And uh, okay. I, I got to match the day last night, so I saw all the games. Marvellous, fair and, enough. Uh, You're a big yeah. Strictly fan, Andy. Uh... Mm, I never used to be, but, you okay. know, I thought... Since Sue's illness, I've sort of got into certain programs. Yeah, that I doctors, watch you become a quince. So you watch you to kind of keep her company. It's yeah. a lovely thing. You well, keep her you know, company with to, yeah. a lot of trash telly. That's it. Basically. I mean, that you are taking a bullet for us all, aren't I you? Am. Really watching some of the watching am. a lot of quite terrible <laughs> telly. But in the end, you've got into it, which is <laughs> well, good. I wouldn't describe strictly as terrible. Oh no, yeah, I know, I know. But I'm talking. I mean, with I respect mean, to everybody's yeah. been in doctors, but it means I do watch. Not many people recall doctors and watch it when they get home. No, that's true. If you're not in when doctors is on. I don't think it troubles the plan of that often, does it? Maybe it I does. draw the I line know. at Steph's packed lunch. Okay. <laughs> and loose swimming. What do you know about Andy Jacobs? Well, all I know about Andy Jacobs is he draws the line at Steph's packed lunch. We don't got worried anymore. They've taken it off, haven't they? It's gone. It's, well, that's it's it. Gone. I'm gutted. I'm not. Anyway, uh, at Brentford yesterday, I stood behind. Yeah, you uh, took in two games this weekend, yeah, didn't two you? Games, Chelsea yeah. Saturday, Brentford Sunday. Yeah, Brentford was exciting. It was a good game, actually, mm. and uh, very feisty. And more of Chelsea later, but uh, you know, solid win against not very good opposition. But what where, we, where I sit at Brentford, hmm. I'll stand because the bloke next to me stands the whole game, so I can't actually sit down if I want to talk to him. Yeah, but 
right behind the dugout, and I was watching. There's, there's so much action that goes on. Thomas Frank and the bloke that looks like Rick Wakeman, they were like going at it the whole game. I thought they were going to have a punch-up. Unai Emery constantly uses his hands, directing players who basically aren't looking at him. Okay. The players have got their back to him, and he's going, and he's, he's yeah. like Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> it's so mad. It's an think, internal dialogue, isn't it? You just think, it? what are you doing? They can't, they can't hear you, and they can't see you. What's the point? Yeah. But, you know, it's, I was looking forward to seeing Villa, and, you know, because I think they've done well, and the table doesn't lie. Their home form is fantastic. Mm. But, I don't know, it's the second time I've seen them in the flesh. Second time I've thought, hmm... Not sure, because I thought they were really, really fortunate to get anything out of the game. They were, until me got sent off, they were getting nothing out of that game. Yeah. But there you go. It did change it, didn't it, drastically? Yeah. Martinez kept them in it with a wonderful save that wasn't on the highlights for some yeah. reason. Absolutely breeze a great goal. I wonder, if, I wonder if Martinez and Mopé will watch that stuff back and be a little bit embarrassed. I wonder if, I wonder if they do or they just think, no, nah, it's fair enough, you know, it's all a bit of... Because no. it was like it was like the old days of British wrestling, wasn't it? It was crybaby Jim Breaks <laughs> and Les ridiculous. Kelly, wasn't it? It was. I've not it seen anything like that since ridiculous. the Civic or Wolverhampton. I mean, it was well, quite I staggering, did, wasn't it? I a pair actually, of them, like a pair actually, of kids. Who was it? One, was it Ralph Jimenez? It was a bit like Steve Logan with the old forearm smash. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, it was a great, great weekend for old wrestling, wasn't it? Yeah. Very much so, mm. yeah. But the thing about Martinez is there was that one where the... It was Leon Bailey played it back to him, and it went for a corner. It nearly could have gone in. It was it would have been great if it had, but it didn't. You said on the highlights, it was a brilliant save by Martinez that didn't get shown. Yeah, absolutely. To his left from Vissa's header, diving low to his left, brilliant save, but they didn't show it. Uh, but it was a great bit of Argentinian time wasting by him when he conceded that corner. They were acting and pretending he'd got injured. Honestly, yeah. fantastic yeah. they are. These Prime S Housery, but you oh know, yeah, definitely they're, they're all at it. So what are you going to do? A um, couple of things to get you going on today. Um, Fallon Sherrick's out of the World Darts Championship. I watched it, but she's lost a game. I know. Um, it's disappointing. Um, and oh, she's gutted to go out this early, but she did talk about what fame has done. And one of the things that fame has done is being stopped in the street all the time. Oh, it yeah, does allow she's us, very recognisable. does allow us to return to an old favourite. Um, which is the things you ask people to sign when you saw somebody famous. Because not everybody wants a selfie. Some people are a bit more traditional than that. They want a lasting memento. They want a mm. kind of written name on, I say, a piece of paper. So, for example, Fallon there, she said, I get stopped in the street a lot uh, these days. I was asked to sign someone's till receipt in Asda the other day. That must make you special. <laughs> oh, yeah, really... Just sign that. Would you mind signing a till receipt? What please, did that Fallon? person do with the till receipt with Fallon Sherrick's name on it? I don't know. Framed it, I suppose. Um, whenever I'm shopping with my son, Rory, people come up to us all the time. They will say, well done. How did you get on? Can't wait to see you on TV. The other week, I signed a fake hand. I signed a fake hand. A fake hand? So I, I Does he mean a prosthetic hand? Well, I, I didn't hear. I don't know if someone had a, a false hand. A fake hand. I don't know if you, <laughs> if you wander called, around with a fake hand, just in case. they called that, are they? But yeah, yeah. Um, she signed a fake hand. Um, a, oh, sorry, a dummy hand from a joke shop, she qualified. Who walks oh. around with a dummy hand from a joke shop on the basis you might run into Fallon Sherrick. <laughs> and then what are you going to do with it? Stick it on eBay? Yeah. Um, I suppose you go to shake somebody's hand and then they take and then you sort of pull away and they're left with your hand. Is that the idea? I don't know, Andy. I mean, I've never had a fake hand. Um, Neither have yes. I. Uh, the funniest one was a blow-up banana. But that was at the darts, so mm. that's understandable. So, uh, yeah, she says, uh, on holidays, I always get asked to sign the blow-up toys by the pool. 
So there's your kid. He's like sitting on the crocodile or whatever it is. You see Fallon shake. You hoik the kid into the deep end. Say, Fallon, will you sign this? Your son's drowning. Yeah, it's all right. You complete me. You're a celebrity. Don't worry about him. You'll learn to swim. So it does bring us back to um, stuff you asked them to sign. It was the world of darts that kicked us off with this years and years ago when... Uh, a talk sport listener was uh, in a doctor's waiting room and spotted mm. the late great Eric Bristow and uh, wanted to get his signature, just picked up uh, a leaflet without really looking at it and said, Eric, would you mind signing this? And he said, yeah, no problem. So he picked it up and, had, and it was how to examine your own breasts. <laughs> Tremendous. So I don't again whether they kept that or not, but uh, we're interested to know what you asked them to sign. It's an old carrot, as Billy Bonds would say, but we've dusted it off as it's in the news. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TS. H and J. We're also looking for some one-off, sorry, one-off um, first names in the world of football. Uh, there is currently, I think, I don't think it's Blackburn. Is he um, Leopold? There's a Leopold playing in the league at the moment. <laughs> How many common. Leopolds have you encountered? Not a very common name, is it? No. Leopold. Uh, Leopold Valstedt. That's right. Mm. So um, we're looking for a few one-off Christian names that you've encountered in the world of football. I mean, because you think, has there ever been a second one? We're going for that on the Leopolds. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet to TSH&J this afternoon. We kick off, as always, of a Monday, going back over the Premier League weekend in the company of uh, Danny Kelly. He'll be joining us uh, very shortly, a game-by-game review. Later on, we've had the European draws, of course, and we'll bring you some reaction to that from our European football expert, Andy Brassel, as well as looking at the uh, weekend's big stories from around the world of European football. Uh, Matty Edgel will be here. If you're a fan of the Bake Off, you know he was the uh, winner. He's a big West Ham fan, and mm, he was telling massive, me that yeah. uh, his little personal video they did before the final was Mark Noble. I know he West was Ham so legend. excited about it. Yeah, he <laughs> plays a little, plays a little bit of uh, part-time football himself. So Matty will be here with us uh, later on. Uh, all this plus the clips of the week, Mike Ward, and lots more besides. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talksport. We're keeping an eye on the Europa League and um, Europa Conference draws for you this afternoon as well. Andy Brasser will be here later on to chat about that, and indeed the pretty kind draws for the two English clubs in the Champions League. Oh, very much so, yeah. But before all of that, uh, we'll go game by game uh, in the Premier League in the company, as always, of Danny Kelly. Good afternoon, Danny. Hi, Traps. How are you doing? Not Good, too bad, thank, thank you. you, Danny. We're yeah. going to start with a game that, for, for ah. reasons we all are aware of, wasn't completed at the weekend after Tom Lockyer collapsed uh, at the Vitality. Um it was, again, a, a, a horrible moment. I, I, having been there that day, it happened to Fabrice Moamba and the kind of, and you're in the Life crowd, was, and the, sin, yeah. Yeah, the seriousness of what's going on starts to uh, starts to emerge. It, it, it's it's awful for the players, it's awful for everybody involved, and, in, and indeed the fans. I mean, I suppose the difference here is that if you know anything of Tom's career recently and what happened in the playoff final, yeah. you kind of did have a, a suspicion of what may have happened. And it's great to hear, though, that, that he's in good hands and, and it seems he's stable now. What, what are you going to do? None of us are qualified to talk about the medical part of this. The medical people said he was absolutely fit and strong. I mean, you know, even after having the, what happened to him in the playoffs, he's still fitter than any of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes out and something else happens or the same thing because we don't know. I guess the difference between Moamba and this is that the, the attitude to it and the available facilities yeah. at every grand... I mean, I don't be flippant, but if you're going to have a heart issue, have it on a, a Premier League football ground. Mm. There were 20 qualified people around it within seconds. 
and that was great. And the referee, um, you know, very quickly communicated to everybody, we're going to stop this now. Um, you know, at the end of it, you can only say two two positives. He got the best treatment probably available to him anywhere in the country instantaneously, mm. and he appears to be going to be okay again. Though whether his football career goes on is open to question, um, and, and that's all you can take out of it because sure. it's just yeah. a horrible. And the thing fans and, and the players behaved impeccably, I think. And uh, yeah, I was listening to it as it unfolded on the way out of the of the ground on Saturday, and uh, Ian Abraham's reporting, and it, it, it was. You know, it was frightening and he was so relieved he was all right. But Ian was great, compassionate and calm. It was, you know, him at his best, actually. He really is a brilliant reporter, he's, live he's reporter. He's a great pitch-side reporter, mm, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. Well, we wish him well and it all goes well, I'm sure. As the Absolutely. club said, they, they, they will give updates as, as and when they can, Luton Town. So let's move on to the football. Um, hmm. After a fashion, anyway, Liverpool nil, Manchester United nil. An absolute dog with fleas, really. I've I think got we hardly were... any notes. It was I such know. a terrible game. We went in with high expectations, but I think that was maybe the problem, Danny. So did Liverpool, so did the Liverpool fans. And then when it didn't go to plan, um, it became very frantic and quite panicky. They, they you know, one, one doesn't want to generalise about 52 plus thousand people, 57 plus thousand people in the new refurbished Anfield but um, it, it did it did feel like they thought they were going to just roll Manchester United over and of course if you look at if one in ten of their shots had gone in they'd have won three nil um, mm. but that's not the way football works in, that, in one way and I you know I've wasted an hour and a half of my life watching it but it was one part that I, I found very reassuring <laughs> and that is if you pay your 90 quid to go to the, to the theatre you know what's going to happen great actors are going to say lines that you probably already know if you go you know, to so many um, events that you pay for, mm, you I know agree. in advance you're going to get value mm. for money. But football isn't like that. You mm. pay your money mm. and you take your chance. You might see a four-four classic, or you might watch, as you say, a dog examining it, uh, examining its <laughs> nethers for fleas, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah. that game was. Yes. Yeah, Trent came the closest, didn't he, with that sweeping drive? That was. But... I mean, there was plenty of. I mean, Onana made plenty of saves, but all <clears> of them looked pretty comfortable. But the, the, there was the shot well, from Trent. You're talking he... about Onana there, Paul. Yes. <laughs> well, mm. uh, and I mean, Hoyland really should have scored, shouldn't he? Harland would have done. Hoyland missed. Harland yeah. would have scored. Yeah, it was. It was a very Hoyland, good chance. And of course, that's the classic, isn't it? <clears> Liverpool have thirty plus shots, <clears> and Hoyland misses the best chance because that's why the game is great. The unit of scoring is very rare. They're very limited, United, though, aren't they? Sort of a limited <laughs> team. They are. They're so... They're just not a United team, this. I mean, it's, you know, they're, they're, we're hanging on, really. And all right, they could have nicked it. But at the start, you no, just go... No, wouldn't have... Why they insisted on staying, playing out from the back in the beginning? They thought, yeah. just go long. That the was, first time they that went That was the long, most entertaining thing, a, wasn't it? A, a to block watch shot. Six Liverpool players on the edge of blocks waiting to pounce and then still playing it square to each other at the back from the uh, goalkeeper well, I, I mean it, it was one of those moments when you know I, I'm great devotee of wildlife programs but there's always that bit <laughs> there's always that bit where the lions are very low to the ground and are hunting a beautiful looking other furry creature and you're feeling so bad mm. for the furry creature that's what I felt about Manchester United's defenders <laughs> that the lions are coming for you my son yeah they are what about what about Britain what about England's best referee sending off Dallow yeah I for, mean, apparently for, they're, they're considering mm. uh, an appeal if they haven't already. I mean, he can was you idiotic. for two yellows? I'm I don't not think sure you, you can. I don't think you can, can no. you? No. I mean, he was idiotic Dallow to keep on with it, but the fact of the matter is the decision was wrong that he was complaining about. For the referee to compound it then with a red uh, card just seems pointless. Yeah. You know, 
I mean, also, it was the, the thing. You, the trouble is, I mean, it sends down a mark. It was a big, high-profile game, and other players would have been watching that. And they know now that dissent is. This week, we are mostly mm. giving reds for lots of dissent. So you, everybody's going to have to un, watch. Unless themselves. you're Darwin Nunes, and it's earlier in the game, and you're in the home team. <laughs> yes, yes, that's that is very mm. true. So there we are. And not much more we can say. Uh, Thank God. Let's move on. Move wasn't on. Very good. Let's move on to Arsenal. Two, Brighton and Hove Albion. Nil. It looked pretty comfortable for Arsenal. It's clearly the better side, I think. One shot on target for Brighton in the game. They are they are beset by injuries, but yeah. uh, um, Arsenal did boss it. And they said that that central area with, uh, I think one of the papers today making the point that Rice wins it, and Odegaard sort of pulls the strings, um, and which is a bit tight on Declan Rice because he's more than a water carrier. But you yeah, know what I mean. Brilliant. They are, in he tandem, is, they are is. something else, aren't they? He is Paul, but but he is so good at the thing that he does do, the unglamorous thing that he does, is that he is setting free Arsenal's creative players mm. to an extent even more than last year. Now, I'm not saying they're quite as good as they were last year, but they they, they have to balance better. And in the long run, they may, they may sustain this challenge better than they did last year because, you know, Odegaard doesn't have to worry too much about defending. Martinelli and Saka, same. It's, it's a better balanced team. Um you know, you're right. You're right to point out that Brighton only had one shot in the yeah, whole big game. Big miss by Pascal Gross. He could have scored. That might have made it different. But that would have been. A one, it, it, I think they were one, so happy, brother. You know, they did brilliantly in the Euro, Europa League, isn't it? And uh, it was a great win on Thursday. And it's cost them all. We all know it's cost them. They're a better team than they've shown in the league. But you know, they've got a small squad with a lot of injuries, and they've had to play in Europe for the first they've time. They've broken so. their pattern, though, haven't they? Th- mm. Thirty. I mean, astonishing, really. Thirty-two successive games that they scored in. And they've broken that run now, Brighton. Arteta, um, though, he is funny, isn't he? Honestly, so he, you could clearly see he was trying to get Matoma booked. And in the paper the day, he said, uh, "I was waving to Gabriel Martinelli." It's the same thing as his it, despa- I think discretion. It was tongue in cheek. He was. He was. He was. It was. It was, it was a joke. I How think did he get away with fair. that one with the FA? With that, you know, yeah. that view on discretion, what it actually meant. Well, I don't we know. all know what he meant. So, yeah, yeah very good result for. I mean, another goal for um, uh, Havertz. I have it, four yeah. in seven, and yeah, that's what he does. You don't worry, he'll have another period where he doesn't do anything for about twenty games. It's <laughs> what he does. Don't get carried away. Don't think he's going to do this all season. He won't. Oh, well, you wouldn't well. swap him for Cole Palmer, would you? Andy? No. Don't, re- don't mess with him holding the PFA Player of the Year after he's extremely, extremely <laughs> 35 goals in the remaining games. Absolutely unlikely. Manchester City 2, Crystal Palace 2 is where we turn next. Yes. Well, for 76 I'm minutes, they, had, they, were in, they were just coasting City, weren't they? Mm. The gods of football, having seen the, the morose state of Roy... Uh, Hodgson after the game last week, it must have just said, oh, come on, give this fella a break. Um, because he would have enjoyed this game much, much more. Um, and in some ways, you know, the very late penalty, there was a part of me that thought it was karma. Um, Edison's foul on Mateta earlier in the game. All right, he's outside the area, so it's not a goalkeeper. He's an outfield player. There are lots of referees who would have taken a very dim view of that. They got away with it. Um, and it gets down to, to, to the last-minute penalty. By the way, how cool is uh, Michael Luce with the penalty? Very, very mm, good. He's a, he's a terrific player. He's got a wand of a left foot, no question about it. But I thought um, City, I mean, they've been so complacent. They've chucked away eight points in the last four, five or six weeks. It's uh, They're going to need one of their long after-Christmas winning runs. Otherwise, you know, there's 
they won't do what they've done in the past. Well, you, you, you're absolutely right. And everyone, you know, you could point to their form post-Christmas every season, but there's no guarantee that you're going to do that every year. So you're right, Andy. You, every point is precious in the Premier League. And whether it's complacency or... My own feeling is a part of me, and I know they've got an amazing squad and they're the best team and all the rest of it, but every team gets injuries. But what you can't sustain indefinitely is injuries to your very best two or three players. And... Kevin De Bruyne's absence meant that they keep fiddling in midfield without ever quite getting the formula 100% correct. Now, when he comes back, maybe that'll all change. But the very, very best players are not replaceable. And De Bruyne's one of those. I just want to say, good to see Dean Henderson back. Yeah, what a performance. And (laughs) when he had cramp, you know, it was obviously the fact that he hadn't played since January unless he'd been attending the Emmy Martinez School of Housery. Yes. <laughs> well, what was the well, score at that point? Was it, was it, um, I think they were losing. I don't think he got cramped when it was two each. Really. No, but, but he had no time, did he? But goalkeeping cramp has been added to the prospectus at the Emmy Martinez College, yes, I promise you. They do. I've seen one or two with it recently. I've got, what you got this afternoon, I've got double cramp. Oh, not yeah. double cramp, I can't stand. Yeah, oh, no, that's right, because last week we were doing that thing where you catch the ball and fall onto yeah. your knees and fall forward onto your face for 15 seconds yeah, yeah. you get a light shove by a bloke half your size and go down like you've broken oh, three magnific- we'll get on to that magnificent performance it was yeah. spectacular but the pair of them kids um, <laughs> a clip round the ear for both of them as they left the field Absolutely. from the referee would have been good anyway we'll yeah. move on and no um, playstation tonight that's yeah. right definitely straight to bed without any tea both of them uh, Brentford 1 Villa 2 is the next game we'll be looking at as we go match by match in the Premier League this weekend. We'll also uh, keep an eye on that um, Europa League and conference draw that's happened. And they seem to be bringing on lots of um, stand-up comedians mid-draw. And, really? Uh, and they do a sort of five minutes to a fairly <laughs> nonplussed audience. So we'll find out what the heck's going on there. Anyway, Andy Brussel's <laughs> going to reflect on all that when he joins us later on. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Danny Kelly is with us and we're going game by game through the Premier League weekend. Our next game up is Brentford 1, Villa 2. Andy, a game you were at. You were saying <laughs> an, an exciting, enjoyable match. Yeah, feisty and uh, very exciting. Was it feisty throughout or feisty post Ollie Watkins mm, more calling Ollie, out that fan? after Ollie Watkins and also Ben Mee. I mean, I didn't understand that. It was it changed the game completely. And for Thomas Frank, who I really respect, but for him to say that is not a red card, I mean, he just immediately the tackle happened. I didn't even need to see yeah. a replay. I went, he's in trouble there. That's yeah. a red card. I mean, he is. You know, you at one point, it. he is off the ground. He is out yeah. of control it's all and basically it's all the yards boxes. from his own goal he didn't need to do yeah. it and it just changed the game Villa at that point really seemed to have run out of ideas I thought Brentford could have had a penalty when Mope was fouled and you know I think they were unlucky but Villa stuck at it and the two goals they scored were nice goals yeah but I mean you know Villa, Villa had games before 11 against 11 and looked like they've run out of ideas mm. and Watkins or someone has popped up because they have, they, they have the tools to get the job done Danny I mean the red card for you was a red I take it Oh look! We, we, I honestly thought that the 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 sort of lunging over the top tackle had been consigned to the dustbin of history, mm. um, and yet suddenly um, it's a bit like smallpox making a comeback. Here it is again. <laughs> mm. It's back in the game, mm. um, and we've seen you know, and we know Paul. You and I saw one from a Spurs player this mm. this weekend as well. Where has this come from? And, it's, and people say, oh, it's just because VR are picking them up. VR are not picking them up. We weren't seeing them two or three years ago. Um, and, and they're back now. And, of course, when you, when you think about the strange things that people get sent off for, um, 
this is in another league. You really are going to hurt somebody, and permanently, if we mm. aren't careful. So yeah, he, he had to go and it changed the game. But, it, you know, one doesn't want to um, sort of generalise about Argentinian footballers, but Martinez, as I think you were pointing out at the start of the show, mm. is a, th- a law unto himself, isn't he, regardless <laughs> of his nationality. And if there's trouble to be had... He's right at the front of the queue. Fantastic uh, he is a brilliant. This is oh, the he's thing. a brilliant goalkeeper. Wonderful goalkeeper. He's must be great to play uh, in front of him as a defence. But also, he has got you know he has got that in him, as they say. He's got that that sort but, of uh, s which is which is all part of the armour, isn't it? And you know, you know, all fights in football matches, almost without exception, are useless bits of. Com- pretend confrontation, mm. hold my hold my coat and all that stuff. So you, it's always the person who goes in initially as the peacemaker, in this case, Kamara, mm. somehow the whirlwind goes <laughs> around <laughs> them and they're the one the referee ends up sending off. Um, yeah. I think the fans he, were very unhappy with it. I don't think they realised it was just one fellow that Watkins was having a go at. I think yeah. they felt it was all of them, so that didn't help the atmosphere. But there was a lot of conjecture yesterday about what Brentford are going to do with Ivan Tony in January because they have got Virtually their entire creative department is out. In Buemo, 12 weeks, Matthias Jensen, quite a long time, Rico Henry, Josh De Silva. You know, Tony can't do it on his own. So, you know, the uh, will they, this is me speculating, will they sell him in January? Because they need the so money. So they can bring in three players for the money they get for it. Or will they just keep him in January, buy players anyway, knowing they're going to sell him? That's what I do, knowing you're going to yeah. sell him in the summer. But yeah. they, I mean, they, they need to bring in reinforcements. Not that they're in trouble because the three teams at the bottom are definitely going down, but, you know, it'll be a difficult second half of the season if they don't bring in players. I'd be amazed they sold him in January, Andy. Mm. I really would. No, I uh, would you know, too. I mean, he'll have yeah. more options in the summer anyway, um, which, which is, you know, he might want to get playing again and get up to speed and, and you know, yeah. teams that he might want to He can't play till January the 16th. You knew that because he's against Tottenham. I think but I didn't Tottenham realize would be I his first game, back January I believe. The, first. the good doctor is in the house. Yes, <laughs> that's where he shall see you now. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, we move on then. Our next game is Newcastle United 3, Fulham nil. Again, another game that, mm. that turned on... A red card, uh, and again, this this one was, was like Harold Schumacher on Batterston, wasn't it? Oh, it well, was he, he just food. he just got a whack from Lascelles, so and he what? was smarting from that. I know, but his his blood was up, and he went in with a, just the dumbest of challenges. How could the ref you know, not give that as a red as well? Go on, Danny. And well, you know, I, I mean, Paul, I, it's easy to over, you know, to under undersell the 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 whack he got from from uh, Lascelles. Yeah. I'm sorry to make it to make it rhyme. Um, if you've if you've been out for a, a year and struggling for a year and a half with a head injury, yeah. I wonder whether it just the red mist just comes down. Sure. Um, you'd be, you'd be obviously be sensitive about any <clears throat> contact around the head, wouldn't you? If, if well, what, after what's would, happened to him, you, you would, but then you wouldn't then try and do a head high kung fu kick on another player, no, would you? No, that's presumably. very true. Um, it, it it wasn't liable to cause the kind of damage that going over the top of the ball to a shin or a knee was. But it was a mad, mad assault, wasn't it? I mean, given how hard he hit him, bear in mind he'd pulled out as well. Yeah. If he'd gone at full speed, it, well, the two of them would end up in the stands, wouldn't they? Um, and I don't was was anybody was 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 Marco Silva saying that wasn't a red card? Nobody could have. Said he, that. he felt he felt the referee wasn't up to the job. He felt the you know yeah, the crowd, well, the Newcastle they, crowd. They you need you more, Stop you know, more experience. It, it well, Marco, Marco Silva went further than most managers do after the game. I'll be surprised if he doesn't get a charge as well. I mean, whether he should or not is irrelevant. 
but he really was going for the official, wasn't he? Really going for it. Yeah. yeah. It shows the topsy-turvy nature of the Premier League. Last week, both teams had completely different results, didn't they? And then, you know, they turned it around in Newcastle. And the thing is, Gimmerish, the match of the day, were right to single him out. He's a brilliant player. He's having a very good season. And the thing about Newcastle, they've got injury after injury after injury, but what yep. they've still got is him, and they've still got that front three of Almiron, Gordon, and Wilson, Ezek. and oh. Ezek's out, but yep. he's not out for long. And that make, that enables them to be in games all the time, whoever they're playing, whoever's out. And, you know, then a kid comes in, and sometimes they struggle, regardless whether the team's playing well or not, or sometimes yeah. they just rise to the occasion. Now, you can't expect Lewis Miley to keep playing the way he is, Forever. That's not what happens with 17 year olds, but he's enjoying an absolutely, yeah. you know, uh, he's touched with genius at the moment mm. and uh, amazing to see us, not just a teenager, he could still be at school, couldn't he? Scoring a goal in the Premier League. You don't see it very often these days. And without the really Tonali ban, he wouldn't have got probably anywhere near the first team. He mm. might have got the odd few minutes on the bench now and again. He show you, doesn't But, it? you know, something you, you never quite know until they play in big games, do you, really? That's why Tonali would be struggling to get back in the team when, he, when, when his ban ends. Yeah, That's true. why Chelsea fans are so unhappy when he puts two goalkeepers on the bench. You know, put a youth team player absolutely. on the bench. It's yeah, so absolutely. stupid that other clubs it's do it too. Just good it's experience, right. isn't it? Anyway, yeah. we move on to uh, West Ham United 3, Wolverhampton Wanderers nil. And what you saw in this game is why Manchester City wanted Pakita. <laughs> he was tremendous, yeah, wasn't he? he was, yeah. And, and Kudus was as well. We've seen mm. plenty from him already. I mean, the goal celebration, which is, is changing up. He goes, you've probably seen, mm. he goes and sits on a little wall isn't he? Him mm. and Pakatar, they run again. They go and sit on the uh, they go and sit on the hoardings. First time they faced out towards the pitch. Second time he wanted to include the fans. So they turn around, <laughs> they face the crowd. So if he got a hat trick, maybe he would have straddled it sort of <laughs> like he was riding a horse. I've got no idea. But uh, three, they, three assists in a Premier League game. He's fantastic. He is a very very good technical player. Sometimes gets lost in the games where West Ham are under a bit of pressure. But you know you can't have everything in any footballer. Yeah. Um, and they've also you know. We talked about Rice. The money has been well spent because Mohamed Kudus is a good footballer too. Yeah. Mm. Um, but once again, uh, my attention was drawn to Gary O'Neill. Um, let's be fair, Wolverhampton Wanderers, more than any other team in the Premier League so far this season, have been sawn off. There's no other yeah. word yeah. for it. No. So they get a goal, goal that could take them back into the game. It is marginally offside. Um, and you could see, first of all, the look of resignation when he saw the... Uh, the, the way that the wind was blowing on that decision. But it didn't stop him still finding the fourth official and having a moan about something. I don't know what he was saying to the fourth official, but it might be, it might have been just going through the list of times it hasn't been right. Cause it was definitely the right decision. I mean, that's what VA is good at and was there for, an actual factual decision. But Gary decided, oh God, I, I might as well go and have a moan about something. And poor old fourth official just stared blankly into the middle distance. He'd heard it all before. Kufel got away with a nice forearm smash talking yeah, about ITV wrestling. Now, why did they not go back and... I mean, it's, the trouble is the get-out-every-times does-it-meet-the-threshold, blah, blah, blah. Never mind all that. I mean, it was a terrible challenge and they should have done something about it. Well, there was a case in point where... And I'm, not, I'm not convinced that you know the ex-players would be any better in the long run than the referees are. They couldn't be any worse. Jay Bothroyd on TV this morning was saying that that's definitely one where if you had a player in the in the in the, in Stockley Park, he would say that is deliberate and yeah. that is setting mm. is setting out to hurt him. And I think in that particular case, he had a very very good point. Um, and again, uh, when you think about 
uh, Dallo getting sent off for losing his rag over a, a throw-in. I mean, he's an idiot for doing the second protesting. But compare that to that forearm smash. Yeah. That wouldn't have been out of place at the York Hall. No. Um, we were uh, saying we, it's been a great weekend Kent for old-school wrestling. Have a good week till yeah. next week. And we, saw, <laughs> we saw the sort of people falling in. You know, in the Greetings, in the grapple Brent. fans. Yes, exactly <laughs> that. Um, and David Moyes, interested in talking about Paquetta in the papers. He's clearly... Un- he'd much rather have meat and potatoes than Maverick that yep. any day of the week he's mm. very clearly very uncomfortable with these players that sort of yeah. play off the cuff it's not it's not the way he rolls so he kind of hinted at that in his post-match interview saying you know he does drive me mad now and again the way he just but you know they're the rewards of having players like that sometimes it can work a bit of magic uh, and look D- David's been a fantastic manager for years and years for decades let's, let's give it straight um but the best football teams always have a couple of people who can do things out the order, no matter how hard working uh, the rest of them are. And, you know, if he, if he would honestly say, I'd swap Pakatar for Fred Bloggs because he runs his guts out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, in the Premier League, you need somebody who can turn those difficult mm. moments into something else. And we saw three examples with Pakatar. Perhaps David should just say, right, now I've changed my mind. I've got this player, yeah. let him do his thing. Yeah, That's they've had right. the odd setback, but they've had a good first half of the season. They're yeah. they're in touch with the top group between them and the sort of... Yeah, Bowen's, fifth, Bowen's you know, conversion to an out-and-out yeah. striker has been yeah, a it's miracle been very for good, them, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, not a great day for Wolves, especially Dan Bentley, who didn't have the best days with Sarr out, really, in goal. Cut that last one. Oh, yeah. Kind yeah. of felt he could have got to. But anyway, uh, we move on. We're still going to bring you... Chelsea, uh, Sheffield United, Burnley, Everton and Forest Spurs still to squeeze in with Danny Kelly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hold that please, level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi, nice to meet you. Hi, now the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what, sorry? The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bingbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Finding your perfect home was hard. But thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Just to digress uh, briefly, Fallon Sherrick's been telling us that uh, since she became famous, she's been asked to sign someone's till receipt at Asda, a fake hand from a joke shop, a blow-up banana, (laughs) and indeed lots of blow-up toys by the pool when she's been on holiday. So Mm. you've been telling us... 
what you've got them to sign. Ben, the Spurs fan from Fairham, says, I have a gun and more cricket bat signed by the former Portsmouth and Barnet defender Limvoy Primus. <laughs> he was out walking his dogs back in 2008. And uh, I thought that's all now you're probably you. playing cricket in the park. I showed it to my mate who said, who's that? Kevin Peters. And he said, nice, Limvoy Primus. <laughs> Left him looking very confused. Yeah. Um, as did Danny when he saw Andy's new background. Andy changes his Zoom background. and <laughs> Yes, it, a background update. I mean, a very good start with either Pinky or Perky. Yeah. I, in the I can't way, tell them apart, yeah. I don't know Ant from Deck either, <laughs> no. to be truthful. <laughs> yeah. But now he's put up a well-muscled person. Uh, oh, I can't... Holding a child, mm. um, obviously a daughter, I would guess. Um, I have no idea who that is. I mean, I know it's not Harry Styles, but after that, I don't, oh, who is that, Andy? It's Chris Acabono. No, it's no, not. No, Riccobono. Acabono, it's a sumo player. Chris Riccobono. Chris Riccobono from Untuck It Shirts. I found a photo of him with his shirt tucked okay. in and he's wearing a belt. Yeah, oh, so I thought, yeah, hypocrite. What a hypocrite, <laughs> yeah. He should close the business down. <laughs> Trades, descriptions and all that. Well, yeah, thank you, Andy, for oh, no. a very... I'm, I'm, I'm slightly relieved now. I thought, if I'm missing out on someone super famous here, yes. no, it's the man from Leave Your Shirt Out Limited. Yeah. Oh, he's had enough of talking about Chris Riccobono. Uh, we've got a Leopold as well in the uh, in the uh, mm. Football League at the moment, um, a goalkeeper. We asked for one-off Christian names. Marvellous, right? I mean, there's not many marvellous. Marvellous is a great name. Of course, name. to have a marvellous... Canberra. It's that time of year, isn't it? And Armani, the ex-Torquay United player, mm. says Manny in Torquay, he's, he's doing the business. Armani lit all these days. A Prince Will uh, playing for Southampton under 21. So we'll take a few more one-off Christian names from the world of football. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH and J. Back to the football. Chelsea 2, Sheffield United. <clears throat> Neil, again, Andy, you can finish it. You were at this game. You had, to, you had to break the spirit it's of Sheffield of, United. It's didn't one you? of those games where you sit there, my son and I, at half time. What are we here for? What is this? It was the one of the worst first halves I've ever seen. It was so terrible. So little threat from Chelsea, nothing from Sheffield United. And uh, there, there was just one moment that said everything about Mudrick at the moment. And uh, he, he brought the ball down, he nutmegged one player, went past the other one, and then he, he took a shot and he nearly hit the corner flag. And you think, <laughs> But someone made the point that Salah was like this when he was at Chelsea. You know, that it, there's something in this player that you can imagine in six years' time he's going to be one of yeah. the best players of the world. We might be in League One by that we, time, but we were saying who knows? You know, you've, won, you've won your relegation six-pointer there, Andy. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But he, I think there's a player in there, but sometimes he is a bit frustrating. It, just, it, seems, it seems that the feet moves quicker than the, you know, moving too quick. Mm. The brain just needs to slow down. That thing that we were talking to Jason Cunley about, that Adama Traore had and did some sessions yep. with Darren Campbell. Just sometimes just slow down a bit before you strike the ball. Mm. Yeah, and you could uh, you could make a really distinct contrast with his teammate Cole Palmer, who mm. always appears to have half a second yeah. um, ahead of the game mm. where he knows what he's going to do. And you don't need to be as explosive as kind of Roy the Rovers when you've got that, you know, the, when the old football intelligence is ticking over like that. And, um, you know, uh, for all the, the, the talent that uh, Manchester City's um, academy keeps on producing... I reckon there'll come a day, a bit like Mo Salah, Andy, where they might say, no, that was probably not the best. I mean, they got a lot of money for him for a mm. kid, but they, they might turn around in two years' time and say, that may not have been our best afternoon's work because he, looks, he yeah. looks like a proper Premier League player. Good yeah. signing, but it, it was that classic example of VAR in the stadium. I mean, really, the first goal, we all celebrated because it was just a perfectly good goal. And then when v, VAR came up, we went, well, that, there's nothing there, there's nothing, off, no one's offside, you can see it. 
about three minutes later, they finally decided no one was offside. You think, this is ridiculous. What are you even looking at? It's something like they want to disallow goals. Yeah, I, I thought that it was is it, yeah. So poor. Mm. And the second one was such an odd goal with all the stuff that went on that no one celebrated at all because we just thought, well, that's going to vast straight away. Yeah. So, you know, I think Pochettino was a bit critical of the fans, but you just don't know whether it's just, you just don't celebrate because you just think, no, well, what's that the looked point? a bit odd. What's the point? You know, and um, nearly celebrated when Brozier's chance came. <laughs> that yes, was incredible. That was a miss and a half. He sort of ran past it and then twisted his body but he's yeah. still from Sheffield United's point of his early days with Chris Wilder he said he's still trying to get his ideas across I don't know how much I mean Sheffield United fans could tell us what's different this time to last time did he have a better squad to work with he maybe had a few more senior mm. pros he could trust and he had time to build that rapport and get his ideas across he hasn't got a lot of time and it did feel you just felt as soon as Chelsea got one goal they would probably go on and get another once that resistance mm. is broken at the moment against Sheffield United that's probably that well, that's the gap between the actual quality of the players on the pitch, isn't it? Albeit the Chelsea are not a coherent team. Player for player, they're just better than Sheffield United's eleven. And once the once the once the dam breaks, I think it's, it's very hard for Sheffield United to get back yeah. into these you games. Know, the thing is that people keep going banging on about a billion pounds. Spent a billion pounds. They spent a billion. There, yes. Number one, they've sold a lot of players too. Number two, about half a billion of that players hasn't even kicked a ball for Chelsea. They're either no. on kids who've gone on loan or players who are injured. We've so, got to move on. And Cuckoo's you know, on the bench. It won't be long. Uh, yeah, Burnley. Surprised not to see him at all on Saturday. That was a bit odd. Burnley nil, Everton two. A bit of self-belief which they've built up and being the kings of set-piece finishes have, have just seen Everton get a, a, another such result a Sean Dyson they're massive Everton they're yeah. such yeah. a but, big team you know, when you're fighting down there at the bottom with minus 10 points you do what you have to do oh no they're better than fighting at the bottom they're a decent yeah. Yeah. he's really got yeah, them yeah. I mean, this playing is the, I mean, like a top 8 team because they lost 10 points I know but they're yeah. playing like a top 8 team they really are they're, they're, this is the form result of all form results Everton um, have the best points take from the last six games of any team in the Premier League. Um, and Burnley, you know how we say when the teams, they, they, you know, they come up and, say, and then they'll lose, at, I don't know, at um, uh, Crystal Palace. Say, well, the away games are not going to be the, the thing that decides their future. Burnley have lost eight out of nine at home. Yeah. And I don't, I don't you know, Vincent Company appears to me to be a perfectly brilliant chap and all the rest of it. But the owners will look at that stat and they'll be thinking, you know, they can't let the team drift back into a league they've fought so hard to get out of. It's just the quality. They haven't got the quality. Oh, I agree with and, you, Andy. You know, unless City and Chelsea get massive points deductions and Forest collapse completely. Well, that's not going to happen this season. Well, they won't well, get them this season, know. will they? So then you can't see anything but the bottom three going down, even though Forest will come to them in a minute. Aren't great. They're better than those three. And the pain is added to by, of course, by, you know, the goal is scored and one goal is assisted by ex-Burnley players. Yeah. Um, partially because they did go down, they they kept having their squad stripped out. They can't, I mean, and it looks like it's going to happen again. Nothing changes with them. They had that one um, sort of win, and you, you both said if they don't, but they need to follow it up. And of course, they followed it up with the previous yeah. form. And really. uh, again, Sean Dyche making sure players that aren't playing every week still feel involved. So a player like Michael King can come in and put in a decent performance and yeah. score a goal. <clears> and he's, he's getting a lot right He's there, done a he? fantastic yeah, job there. He certainly has. We move on then. It feels like a million years ago, Friday night. Yeah. Forest nil, uh, Spurs 2. We, we'll start with a red card. It, well, I, don't, I had any doubt that it was, it was a red card. It was a daft challenge. You can't go in and make contact with someone's knee and expect to stay on the pitch. Big myths, Basuma, for four games. Well, and the whole 
of AFCOM. He won't really be back until right at the end of uh, January. I mean, it's a few players missing. I mean, Kudus, I mean, David Moyes was talking about losing Kudus for the whole of January. A lot of clubs are going to be affected. Yeah, a lot of clubs are going to be mm. affected by... Spoken Spurs' first choice midfielders, Saar and Basuma, plus sure. Son. Mm. Um, the, the Basuma tackle was... Uh, no, no defence for it. Uh, the only thing I would say about it, and it's a separate issue, is that it was on Ryan Yates who had behaved appallingly through the game, shirt pulling, fouling, and the referee had let him get on with it. And I don't know if there was a tiny part of Basuma's mind which said, right, I've had enough of you, son. Um, but there's no excuse for the tackle, of course. But I, I thought the, the TV commentators going on about what, you know, what a, a manly performance this is by Yates. It was a throwback to an English football's about combat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I didn't enjoy his performance at all. To be truthful, maybe, maybe it's because I support the other team. But I didn't, I didn't think it was helpful. I thought Kulisevsky was one of the players of the weekend. I mean, what performance that was. He's yeah. really a terrific player. I mean, the work, work rate, the skill, the, strength, the cross. Physical the, strength uh, as well, yeah. He has stepped up. I mean, yeah. the word for Ben Davies, he's taken a lot of stick yeah, over he got, the years. He got but sort of a, a plaudits on match of the day. It's been sensational. Yeah, I thought, and Forrest gave it a go, and, yeah. you know, that disallowed goal, it might have been different. if The, the Carrier's wonder save was pretty lucky, I thought. Yeah. Yes, it was really yeah, just he's going been, he's been a great signing. Oh, he's, he's and you could see he's yeah. starting to lead the t- lead the team from the back now as well. Really good. So, yeah. Danny, you've got another run at this. I'd say you can luxuriate. You've got the full three hours with Danny sure, Murphy and, with, and, 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 and Darren. And Darren, Lewis. it should it should be a really good show. There's a lot to get get into, um, and the Premier League, as I say, most weekends except for that absolute stinker at Anfield, throws up so much to talk about and we'll have the full three hours so to do uh, in what what is it just five hours time I bet I better go and get a kit yeah go and get a kit brilliant Danny <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks for all your efforts this year we will catch thanks, up Danny. with you in the new year of we'll course, do this all again yeah. uh, absolutely and happy Christmas to, to, to everybody who's listening to us who don't hear me in the evening cheers everybody cheers Danny all the best thanks yeah. very much that's Danny Kelly will reconvene in early January yeah brilliant so still to come uh, this afternoon, we're going to be joined by the Bake Off winner and West Ham fan, uh, Matty Edgel. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Now you'll be aware that Andy's a massive Bake Off fan. I am. Mike Wall will be joining us later on, and whenever Mike's on, they get uh, into the weeds on Bake Off. But of course, we do know the winner now. <laughs> And he's a big football fan, he's a big West Ham fan. If you watched the show, you'd know that already. Matty Edger was the winner, and he joins us now. Matty, good to see you. Yeah, you too. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I was reading a bit of your backstory. You were kind of, it was your partner, Lara, that entered you into the competition. You didn't even know about it, did you? No, kind of. When when it was going in I was aware but I had no choice on it in honesty <laughs> but I think you were one of the surprise packages because you grew into the competition and when you started you made out you didn't really know anything which I think was not quite true but anyway <laughs> but you just grew and grew and grew and by the end you deserved it, it was a tremendous performance thank you they, they kind of give you a fair bit of, of advice along the way and, and I tried to kind of latch onto that as best I could. You yeah. brought in some of your Hollywood handshake sausage rolls. Oh, wow. <laughs> which he absolutely loved, didn't he? Yeah, he enjoyed the sausage rolls. Yeah, I've changed them slightly, so we'll see if they're still up to scratch. Okay. Well, Pass me one of those Madeleines, I'll have it with me tea. Okay, what's, uh, what's the magic in, what have, you, what have you tweaked in the sausage rolls, Matty? Can you tell us? I've just added a few more herbs and spices, so okay. hopefully, hopefully they're... Like the kernel, you can't tell us, is that? <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell no us what's comment. in them. 
can't tell. <laughs> they look nice. The, the, the interesting thing, I mean, in the final, and I think this is, people have very strong views about the judging and who should do well. But the one thing, when you're sitting at home, the one thing you can't do, which has got to be kids, you can't taste it. And so even though your final showstopper was a bit of the old leaning tower of pizza, let's be honest, <laughs> that they loved the, t- the flavour, which we couldn't experience, of course. Yeah, it's weird being being kind of like this side of the, the competition now and you can you can talk a little bit more about it because some of the things that that you get to try that the others that the others make as well are like incredible so yeah thankfully i think my flavor got me quite far yeah. through the competition at times because it didn't always look the best well how did you get into baking what what sort of got you doing it at home in the first place i've been asked that question loads i think i've probably got to credit my nun for that one hmm. um yeah i'd say she she used to bake a bit um and i i've probably I probably kind of followed in her footsteps in in many ways. So I'd I'd, I'd say her, but I, I can't really put my finger on when it kind of took me took me to yeah. so many places. Yeah. But I, I was reading that you you made a cake for a sort of do at your house, and everybody was saying, "Wow, this is amazing! Who did you get to make this?" And when when your partner said, "Oh, you know, Matty made it," they went, "Oh, wow!" So is that, did that give you the confidence to feel like you know a, a kind of blind tasting with people you knew, and they all thought it was professionally made? Yeah, that was that was kind of like the the penny drop moment where I realised that maybe I'm 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 all right. I can I can get by a little bit because prior to that, I do like family's birthday cakes, and that that would be it really. Mm. Um, so yeah, when, when you hear those comments, yeah. You take note a little bit. Yeah. Everyone got on so well in the competition, which uh, is is a nice thing, of course, in these days of sort of social media enmity. But I did think Dan was excellent at psyching everybody else out. He, he, did, he gets how are you doing? Was he the when he went, off, when he he? went completely, he was <laughs> when he went completely wrong on one of the recipes. He sort of going, "Is yours all right? Is yours all right?" He was sort of like hoping that it wasn't. He was hoping you <laughs> we were all going to be in the same boat. No, honestly, Dan, Dan's quality. I got on really well with Dan, and he was you. What you obviously don't see as well is kind of like the conversations that take place mm. outside of the tent where you're, you're kind of seeing how everyone's getting on in the practice and that. And he was always really vocal with with kind of giving you advice and, and things like that if it weren't necessarily going well. So he was he was really good. That That is genuinely who he is. He's a really nice bloke. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure. Where did you start to feel like you had a chance of sort of going all the way in the competition then? <laughs> when they said that I'd won. <laughs> no, at no point did I feel all that comfortable in terms of who I was with. Everyone's so good. So at no point did I feel comfortable. My game plan was just to not be the worst, to be honest, and, mm. and it... it it worked out. Yeah. There was a lovely point in the final where they sort of got videos from people who mean something to the contestants, and yours was incredible. It was Mark Noble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you were quite, you were you quite were blown away, that, weren't you? Oh, that was like on par, maybe a little bit better than, than winning it. That was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> so why West Ham for you then? Is that sort of you from that part of the world or is it family link or whatever? Yeah, I think like most West Ham fans, they're born into it and that was certainly the case with me. So my dad's from around that area. So yeah, I had no choice. Yeah. And they're going all right this season. We are just know, talking about it. So, yeah. you know, not too bad at all at this point. Um, what about the technicals? Because they do seem, you, you genuinely don't know what's going to happen. And there must be times where they say, well, we, we want you to make something X or something. You think, I've never heard of that. So quite difficult to cook something when you haven't got it in your mind what it's supposed to look like at the end. Yeah, definitely. And even the ones where you are familiar with, they word certain instructions in a way that, that make it quite confusing so yeah, you're never really oven, sure but they don't tell you how long yeah yeah yeah, yeah they <laughs> never tell you how long to do anything well, yeah. yeah but 
when it's something that you've never heard of, you are, well, for me anyway, I was proper looking around at the ones that I thought were going to have a, an yeah. idea. <laughs> Even in the final, it, it was a tough old, didn't you make a, a lardy cake that, that wasn't really cooked? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could have done with a little longer in the oven again, couldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> At least I was consistent throughout. It, it's true. I was reading, I don't know, I, I went into a deep dive one night into the rules that Bake Off con contestants have to go through and, this, and things that happen. It's quite interesting. Is that true that you can't hear the, what the judges are saying to the other competitors as they're, as they're giving their criticism? Yeah, not always. Certainly if you're at the back of the tents and, and in the, the first couple of weeks, it's... Yeah, you you only hear as if you're close, you'll hear it all. But if you're mm. towards the back, then no, you'll you'll kind of hear like yeah. a few statements here and there. But you're really trying to listen in. And is there a sort of selection process? Because they always ask people, you know, amateur bakers to enter. But presumably, you just enter and get on the show. There must be a selection process. You must have to cook some. You have to bake some stuff for them, I guess, that they can try and see if you've got a fighting chance. Yeah, it surprised me at how kind of rigorous it was. You, there's there's loads of steps, but the two kind of standout ones where you have to make something. The first one was um, a zoom. So you had to yeah, you wow. had to cut into. I had to cut into some bread that I'd made and. And but the second one was a live audition. Again, you bring something that you've pre-made, but then you do like a mock technical, and I guess that kind of that will show yeah. if you know a little bit or not at all. Yeah. So it's proved to be a, a sort of life-changing experience for previous winners. I mean, you you teach, don't you, at the moment? Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, what does the future hold? You think? Have you given that much thought? I suppose some opportunities are coming your way, aren't they? Yeah, there's a few. I mean, like like this one now. Yeah. So it's all pretty cool. And um, I'm 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 really open-minded as to what's to come. Um, and and I I just want to kind of make the most of it and and enjoy whatever it, it may bring. So yeah, yeah. And are you still able? You play? For, tell us about the club you play for. Give them a, give them a shout out. Stanground Sports in Peterborough is who I play oh, really? for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good good team. Good good lads. A good club. And is that Saturday afternoon or Sunday team? Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it's oh, slightly uh, high standard. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> Quite <laughs> <laughs> him on that. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you play? What? I, I, I'm just have a guess. I'd say you're box to box midfielder. Yeah, yeah. That's what about? What yeah, about yeah. That? I just guess. run about and then I give the ball to the people that can play. Yeah, <laughs> water carrier. And, and yeah. at yeah. school, yeah. Are, you, are you a sports teacher? Or? I am. Yeah, oh, right. e teacher. Yeah. 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 So was that that was always your first love? Sports always been your first love? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's probably the first thing that I could I could do mm. really um, with with relatively good amounts of success and yeah. Did you play cricket at any point? Because I imagine you'd been quite in demand to do the tees, mm. wouldn't you now? <laughs> That's a good, good job I've hung up the boots on that one. Yeah, it? we're not playing you today, Matt. You're just getting them make some cakes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll steer clear of cricket for a while. That's good advice. Yeah, yeah. Presumably, I mean, when we were school, it was a very long time ago for me, but with PE, there was kids that loved it, I loved it, and you wanted to take, couldn't wait, and then the ones that always wanted to try and get out of it and excuse a letter or... Whatever. Is that still the case? Yeah, I think that's probably going to be a trend of, of PE and students in PE for forever, yeah. really. Mm. The ones in the report who get C+, plus always does his best. Because he's fun <laughs> they're fundamentally nice kids who just don't like sport very much. You can't, you can't give them a hard time, can you? So have you, have you, um, you you've been to West Ham yet, post-winning? Have you not been on the pitch or anything, have you? Not yet. No, I was at, um, I was at the Palace game, though, mm -hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago. 
So, do you get to meet any other uh, guys there or not? No, not yet, not yet. Um, I'm, I've got a phone call after this with someone from West Ham. So, oh, fantastic! Ooh, yeah, that again, that's something that I never thought West Ham would be ringing me up. Those dreams had long gone. So, could do a big <laughs> batch, a big batch for all the fans at West Ham. <laughs> Just going around the pitch with a big tray. That would do. Tell me that one. I remember one time when Mario Stanich played for Chelsea. Uh, yeah, my mate used to make these things called buracks. They're kind of a sort of. Do you mind? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like a Croatian samosa, that sort of idea. Yeah, and he made some, and I and I went down to the ground, and I had them with me, the training ground. Yeah, and I knew that he'd like them, but unfortunately, I had a terrible cold. <laughs> so I said to him, "Here, have these. My mates made them." And then the next game, Stanich was out with a terrible cold. <laughs> <laughs> you go, well, well done. You gave him the cold, did you? Yeah, I did. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm so that you may get a chance to meet Nobs in person now. Is that the is that the plan? That would be unbelievable. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that, but I wouldn't turn it down. Yeah. Well, fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, what, what brilliant. A brilliant. So, well, well done. I mean, and you're getting married next year, we understand. Is yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Married in May. So brilliant. Be... And you're doing the wedding cake, aren't you? I am. Yeah. yeah. That was that was part of the plan prior to Bake Off, but I think right. that's... Mm. Yeah, elevated it a little bit. Well, it makes sense because I mean, you, I think you were saying the wedding cake was about 500 quid or something. You can make it for whatever, yeah. Yeah, 50 quid. Well, yeah. even if I make it for 400, I've saved, I've yeah, saved you've the saved money. <laughs> That's true. And you, you've got to thank your partner, haven't you? Because you never, you probably never would have entered. You wouldn't, what, you think it would have been a confidence thing? You wouldn't have fancied your chances, to, you know, it wasn't you thing, and yeah, I can definitely win this, was yeah, it? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, I would never have been confident enough to kind of put myself out there to to be told no. So, yeah, if it wasn't for her, this this would never have happened for sure. Fantastic. Well, look, it's been lovely to meet you, Matthew. We wish you all the best. Thank you. I'm going to have a bite out of the sausage roll. I'm going to go for it. Here we go. Yeah, I'm having this. Try this. Oh, that is good. Okay, well, green inside. Amazing. Wow. Um, can't work now, can Oh, that is very good. I will shake your hands, but it's covered in grease. Very but nice. yeah, brilliant, Matthew. Thank you ever so much. Nice we'll pass these. The team are gonna they're gonna eat well after this. Fantastic. We'll put them through. So, I mean, we, yeah, we'll, we'll look out for you. We hope you get to West Ham and. Uh, and enjoy yourself when that all works out. Thanks very much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We've got a great story from China. This is really interesting. New hmm. research. The sound of a tennis ball being whacked by a racket yeah. can put the bounce back into your life, says wow. Boffins. The distinctive noise, described as deep, a deep bass note with subtle crispness and variable pitch, can actually reduce anxiety. I was thinking they've, never, they've obviously never heard this. Oh, only one. <laughs> that should be. That's, that used to go. Oh, there it is. There it is. That's Michel Larcher de Brito, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, you only want you want one more for Give the road. One more, yeah. this I would have said rule of three. Whenever she served, this is the noise she made. <laughs> Does that put you in a good mood? <laughs> Very much. Yeah. And uh, Steve in London wrote to the uh, text. Uh, sort of section of the Daily Star. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he, he starts his email, or his text like this. I wrote in this column a while back. Column? It's not a column, mate. It's just a text <laughs> to a tabloid newspaper. Oh, my column. Oh, yeah, he's, he's probably start invoicing them for it. A little extra present for Mr. Brazil could come courtesy of Chris Eubank. Have you seen Chris Eubank has brought out a range of T-shirts? No, what does it say? On the front of them, it, it bears the legend, Avoid the Numpties. And that's very much an Alan word, isn't it? It is, actually. He's, yeah. he's often used it. He used to use it for the moose on an almost daily basis when, when he was reading the news. Chris says, this T-shirt... I think we are as well. Yes, I think we are. I know we're pinky and perky. Yeah. Uh, this T-shirt is more than just fabric, says Chris. 
it isn't really, is it? Really, uh, it's no. a powerful reminder to sidestep the pitfalls and rise above ignorance in your path. Avoid the numpties in all walks of life. So well, I think yeah, maybe we should send one to Big Alan to wear good on advice. the show. <laughs> and a binman is celebrating after winning £1 million on the lottery. Uh, Mal Duggan, 47. Well done, Mal. He found out he'd won from his dad, Tony, who recognised the numbers. Uh, Mal lives in Torquay. Oh, yeah. West Country Corner. That's right. Maybe you'll buy the club. No, because he's a keen Everton fan. Ah. And he goes all the way from Torquay to Everton. So it shows you how bad Torquay are. It might, <laughs> might, cost, might cost him a few more quid to buy Everton, I would imagine. That's true. You might want to have a look at the books first. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. On Friday, we've got a bunch of listeners coming in, as yeah, we often do. I, I so love that show. It's one of my favourite shows of the year. What we would normally do on, on um, Christmas Eve, on the 24th, we'll just bring forward to the 22nd. So we've got a big gaggle of talk sport listeners who've asked to come in so uh, that'll be happening Friday and we'll dig out a few of the old classic clips it's clips karaoke it is yeah you'll probably know most of them but you only get a chance to hear most them. of them yeah you get a chance to hear them once a year so we'll dust them off and uh, and we'll put them through the show and you can join in with if you know the words absolutely hmm. and uh, see EastEnders got their, the usual going with their usual cheery Christmas day offering yes uh, EastEnders stars have filmed fake scenes to keep details about its murder plot under wraps <laughs> And and it says, a character will be bumped off in a dramatic scene that BBC One will air on Christmas Day. Who wants that on Christmas Day? Well, people do. Do they? They've cornered the world of misery on Christmas Day, haven't they? People falling off of roofs or leaving in the back of cabs in the rain. They've done it. They've done it for years, Andy, and it, mm. it seems to work. If you've got a fish and chip shop and you want to get in the papers, I've noticed this is one of the tabloid uh, staples over the years. Just say anything. I don't know. Stapler. Put it in batter and deep fry it and then tell the papers about it and they'll come around and report it and take yeah. a photo. A chippy is getting on the deep fried festive food trend by serving a battered Christmas pud. Mm. So they've taken a Christmas pudding, put it in batter, fried it up. What's the point? Yeah, well, okay, well, it sounds lovely. Um, <laughs> sounds lovely. Some people have... Two dog names. Um, what about this one? This has come... Uh, yes, I've, uh, I have a dog with a full name, Frederick William Ryan. Yes, it's yeah. interesting. Um, that's uh, that's what he says. Okay, yeah. well, beautiful. Um, but you can't shout that in the park. You just no. shout Fred, don't you? There's no <laughs> point giving a dog more than something you can shout very quickly in the park. <laughs> this was out, off of Alan saying uh, Oscar Bob sounded like a dog's name. Sorry, Oscar, if you're listening. Mm. I mean, it sounds like a perfectly good name to me. Um, we also uh, ask you to tell us about the stuff that the stars had signed for you because uh, Fallon Sherrick has done us a favour by... Telling us her story from the world of darts, she has signed two receipts in Asda since she became famous. A fake hand, a dummy hand from a joke shop, not a prosthetic one, she points out. Um, a blow-up banana at the darts, and indeed lots of blow-up toys whilst on holiday in the swimming pool. So uh, we were asking you about some of the weird and wonderful things uh, you've been uh, asked to sign. Uh, what have we got here? Um, do, 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 do. Yes, um, working in Tesco's around 2003 got former Scottish goalkeeper Anti Niemi to sign a reduced price sticker while shopping. <laughs> Still in a book in the loft somewhere. I mean, it was like he was on a cheap transfer deal or something. <laughs> James in Southampton. Uh, Norman Whiteside signed a 20... 20- Did he finish? <laughs> He's not finish. Uh, Norman uh, Whiteside signed a £20 note. More recently, Eric Cantona signed a first edition £5 note. Serial number A007, says FG Welsh, brackets Frank from Wigan. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. FG, brackets Frank Welsh. I have a uh, French bulldog called Ted Ian. Really? <laughs> You're not shouting that in the park, though, are you? Not uh, really. Luke in Leicester, you're just not going to. 
Somebody asked me if I had a middle name, so I just said, yeah, Ian. Uh, that was the best I could come up with. <laughs> um, my son got Tony Adams to sign a paper plate he had his sandwich on. <laughs> what a beautiful thing, Colin people from Upminster. keep these things? You know, cause it's, not, yeah. it's not an autograph book, is it? Our dogs are called Norman Stanley. It must be porridge fans. Yeah. And Ruby Sue, says Jason. Mm, so there yeah. are lots and lots of people mm. out there with more than one name for their dog. You still haven't got a dog, have you, Andy? You've, no. You've weighed it up over the years. Yeah, I love them, but yeah. I don't know. It's not as practical, really, at the moment. So, yeah, fair enough. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That's how it all unfolded today. I'll be back with uh, Charlie Baker uh, tomorrow. Andy, back in on Wednesday. Don't forget, Friday is the big old, what would normally be the Christmas Eve show with a... 20 or so talk sport listeners and some classic clips throughout the ages. We'll be bringing you those. Do hope you can uh, join us from Friday. Ideally, join us tomorrow as well. If not, the podcast will be available at four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. <laughs> Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris and MopMaster dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.